Welcome to The Worst Bestsellers, where we read about fishes and wishes so you don't have to. I'm Kate. And I'm Renata. And for this episode, we read The Witcher, The Last Wish by Andre Subkovsky. Joining us to discuss this book that inspired a video game and a TV show is Ariel, who likes reading and sharing her opinions. She is currently writing a book, but more focused on tweets. Welcome back, Ariel. Hi. Uh, Ariel previously has read... For you guys, uh, Flowers in the Attic and I think Dark Angel. No, you didn't do... And I know this much is true. Yeah. You weren't on... Okay, it doesn't matter. You're welcome back. Uh, welcome back and thanks for joining us for this book. My pleasure. Um, before we get too far into it, uh, I don't know, an announcement? Yeah, I guess it's an announcement. I don't know. I just wanted to take a minute... Um, so a close friend of mine, Ivy Ratafia, passed away last week, and um, she's been a listener of the show since the beginning, and she really loved, um, she, she loved, she liked podcasts in general, and she was always really supportive of ours, and uh, the last time I saw her in person, pre-pandemic, uh, she had just road tripped from California to Boston. Her husband was doing some events in the area. And one of the things that she said to me was that our pod, that Worst Bestsellers was one of the things that she and the family listened to on their drive and that she loved listening to it because it always made her feel like no time had passed since the last time we saw each other because um, we didn't really get to see each other that frequently living on opposite sides of the country. And it's something that I've always thought about and would always kind of still think about every once in a while it would pop into my head even before uh, finding out that she had passed away last week. And I don't know. I just, I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to Ivy for all of her support over the years and that I loved her very much and I'm going to miss her very much. And thank you to all of you who we know and who we don't know who might feel the same way about listening to us on this podcast. Um, you know, I, I hope you do, especially like all of our listeners, even the ones we don't know, we appreciate obviously, but those of us who, you know, if we hang out with you in real life and it's been a while since you saw us and this is a way you feel connected to us, I hope that that remains true. And I'm glad that you have that connection to us. And I hope you know that we don't take it for granted. Yeah. We're we're pouring out a hot lemonade for Ivy and her family. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't really know Ivy, but even Kate, I remember, you know, sometimes we'd be hanging out and you'd be like, Oh, Ivy just texted this nice thing about the podcast. Like I just remember hearing about her and she just did always seem like such a sweet and loving and supportive force. And I'm I'm really sorry for your loss and the loss of everyone who cared about her. Thanks. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, that's like a bummer note to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys. I so hey I guys, welcome to our comedy podcast. <laughs> yeah. So I we have a we have a document that we use to keep track of like what we're gonna talk about when we record. And I put at the top, like if it's okay, I wanna say something about Ivy at the start of the episode. And like I 
I feel like maybe in my heart, the reason that I was putting that there without, I did not explicitly ask this, but like in my head, I was thinking, is this like a smart thing to do? Is this just going to make me really emotional while having to talk about this book? <laughs> instead of asking that, I just asked if I could do it. And Renata, of course, was like, of course, you can talk about your dead friend on our podcast. Like, I'm not a monster. <laughs> Um, hey, but good segue, because you know who also isn't a monster is is Geralt the Witcher. Um, but some people think he's a monster because of... Hey, guys. Hey, I read this whole book and I don't know what a witcher is. <laughs> they explain it. They explain it like five times in, okay, in but every yes, chapter. Okay, but yes, but no. Because like, yes, he like hunts monsters, but like why he's like a wolverine man also (laughs) like i get what his job is but they're like oh he's not human but he looks like he looks like henry cavill i've seen gifs of him uh he he looks like a man but he's not a man like what uh was he born a human and became a not human or is this like an elf thing where he's like a slightly different species (laughs) guys (laughs) sorry um so he's he he was born a human and then he due to a law of surprise which we'll get into later on oh yeah yeah okay he was taken away to like the the witcher where the witchers hang out to become a witcher as a child and he went underwent like a bunch of mutations and things to give him like his his wolverine like powers and also it, it made him infertile, which fertility is a huge thing in this series. Fertility is a big thing. Yeah. Okay. But he does okay. look like Henry Cavill. Right. He looks like. But with white hair. Okay. So to put it in, in Maze Runner terms, would you say he received some serums that did this? <laughs> yes. Is that what this is? Yeah. Okay. I want to talk about the journey that my interest level in The Witcher has taken over the last few years. Please which is do it. it. It started at, like, zero. It started at, like, no awareness. Okay. And then, because as we mentioned, like, five minutes ago, it was a book, and it's a video game, and a TV show on Netflix. And I wasn't aware of any of that, because this is just a little bit outside my usual genre. I only like video games where you do errands and don't have any combat, and that's yes. all I like. And this, it you know, it seems like his errands are combat, actually. <laughs> true actually so it's like as you said that i was like this is kind of like that except instead of like looking for you know a radish for or a leak for fucking george you're killing a monster for the mayor you're killing a monster for mayor lewis which sometimes you do have to do in stardew valley yeah but that's my least favorite part of stardew valley <laughs> i i would much rather get the leaks any day uh, as you know <laughs> i do know Kate and I play a Stardew co-op game and every week we play it and uh, they're like I'm gonna go do this quest and I'm like I will stay here and feed the chickens (laughs) (laughs) every day of this game Uh, (laughs) uh, okay anyway so I was unaware of this game due to it not being my type of game although uh, maybe it is but uh, then the show happened and I became aware of the show through Tumblr 
because as alluded to, there are many, many, many gifs of this. This all of a sudden, I feel like it came out of nowhere. And then my half of my dash was the Witcher because everyone was shipping the main character, Geralt, the Witcher. And then the bard who on the show is called, well, how do you say his name on the show? Yaskir. Yaskir. Jeez. See, I've only seen it written. So in my head, I was like a Jaskier. He's like more Jasky than some. He's Jaskier. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. Anyway, so if you have been on the internet, I'm sure you also have seen gifs of these gentlemen uh, and how the internet would like for them to kiss. And I don't like not want them to kiss, but I wasn't invested enough to watch the show because I was like, I even so Ariel watched the show and I was like, hey, do you think I should watch the show? And you were like, I don't know if it's quite your thing. And then I didn't watch it. But then Kate was like, we should read The Witcher, the book for the podcast, because like people are into it. And I was like, fine. I fine. I will suffer through it for the podcast. And then I read this book and I was like, this book is kind of good, actually. I was like, I'm like enjoying this ride. Maybe I'll we'll try to watch the show. And then I put on an episode of the show and it was well, my immediate reaction actually was to text Ariel that, hey, this starts, and Kate, I texted both of you, this starts exactly the same way as the first Twilight movie. <laughs> yes, you did text that. And then I immediately texted, never mind, it's different. Because <laughs> <laughs> it does start with like a deer in the woods as is Twilight, but then it's like a monster that gets witchered, <laughs> which it doesn't happen in Twilight. Anyway, so then I was like, oh, this is boring. And I like put it on and I like walked away immediately. And it took me two days to finish one episode because <laughs> I was just like, ah, never mind. This is boring. Uh, but then I-, I was talking to a friend of the show, Becca, about it. And I was like, I tried to watch it and it was boring. And she's like, well, did you only watch the first season? And I was like, no, it took me two days to watch one episode. You think I watched the whole season? What are you talking about? And she was like, well, like, I don't know, maybe try a little harder. And I was like, fine. So then I watched the second episode, which was better because the second episode had more Yaskir in it. And that's when he sings his little song. And I liked his song very much. (laughs) But it seems like he kind of only has the one song. Like, if this were just a musical and it was just only his songs, I'd be like, yeah, this rules. It sounds sounds like what you want is to watch Galavant. I think that's true. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's where I'm at with The Witcher. How about you guys? <laughs> so I was aware that it was a video game series. And I think I may have been aware that it was a book. I'm not 100% sure. But I definitely knew it was a video game series because a friend of the show, Christine, has played them. I believe it was Christine. Some Someone I know has played them. I think it was Christine. Uh, Might have been Becca. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Someone I know has played them. So I knew. And I remember like there being like some chatter about on the internet when they decided to make the tv show and then of course when fandom fell in love with the tv show i remember that happening but more there were several people i know who got really into the show but the person who i think i know who got the most into the show was actually my dad who was very into both seasons um and if i could like trust that i'd be able to teach my father how to podcast i we would have had him as a guest for this episode but long distance teaching parents how to podcast is just not something that i have spoons for right now 
Yeah. We we can drop a bonus mini set with your dad anytime. Yeah. We, we might. I'm going to put a pin in that because uh, he will be visiting Also, there soon. are plenty of books. That's true. There are way more of these books. Yes. Um, so I didn't really know anything. It, like, it felt, from what I did know about it, it felt like very, like, high fantasy nonsense to me, which, if you listen to the show, you know is not my jam. Yeah. We, we on this podcast do not like books that have maps in them. Correct. Of maps of places that are fake. Yes. And I have never, we hate atlases on this show. Just fuck atlases. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'd never like seen a copy of one of these books, but it just felt like a book that would have a map at the front. If yeah, it's got and you know, I bet the video game has a map. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so I was just kind of like, whatever. And I was like, oh, why don't we do it? Like Renata said, like I was like, you know, the second season just came out, like people are talking about it again. Like, why don't we cover like one of the books? I was not expecting, I was expecting this to be a slog, and mm-hmm. spoiler alert, like, this book slaps. I fully enjoyed, I zoned out during some of the fight scenes, because much like yeah. I, that's still a thing that I don't care for, but I enjoyed it way more than I thought I was going to. I laughed out loud, like, multiple times. I, like, genuinely got involved with listening to it uh, i was not expecting to enjoy it as much as i did and that's kind of my witcher journey i haven't watched any of the show yet because i have been busy at my day job and also other things in life are bad and i just want to watch the west wing and criminal minds and the gay pirates and that's it but yeah i might actually try it although maybe after renata's review maybe not we'll see I mostly I want to cut off at the head any allegations that our podcast is sponsored by Netflix. Um, I'm like, yes, the kissing booth was good. This is not like okay. I feel like I could do a chart of because we actually have read several things that have been turned into Netflix properties, and not always is not always is it better. Like the Nora Roberts Netflix worse kissing booth better. This I think maybe worse, but fine, just like not for me. I don't know. I don't know what happened. My favorite bit of Witcher TV show trivia is just like, I find it very charming that Henry Cavill is just like fucking obsessed with these books and is obsessed with the fact that he gets to play Geralt and like apparently like on set will like verbatim quote certain scenes from the books as like a suggestion, suggestions for how to like block a scene or whatever and i just find i just find that very charming whenever someone's living what is clearly their best nerdy life i'm pleased for them yeah henry cavill seems like a big handsome nerd and that's great yeah all right so ariel you had watched the show have you i don't think you've played the video game have you i don't play really any video games um yeah i don't think so i had never I had never heard of the video games before this. Um, I was convinced to watch the show, um, a combination of real life friends and Tumblr. I I gave it an honest try. It was like what I thought the book would be, which is boring and confusing. So I watched the first season. I stayed in it for Yeskier. By the time the second season rolled around, I heard it was better, but I still only watched a supercut of Yes Gear uh, when it was available. I was never going to read the book, ever. Um, 
but then I got the opportunity to talk and say things on on record, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll read it um, if I can get through it. And I I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought it, I would. Again, uh, like Kate, the fight scenes kind of bored me because I read slow, and when things are supposed to be happening quickly, it like doesn't. It doesn't when you have to read at a reading normal human pace. And I don't like fight scenes in general. But yeah, it was fun. It was a fun deconstruction of a bunch of different, you know, fairy tales. Didn't really drag. I even stuck around, you know, without Yaskir. He doesn't show up until like 70% of the way in. And I was like, I'm fine with that. I know. And like, based on Tumblr, I was like, when is... When is his boyfriend coming? And I have to tell you, I was all just from reading the book and just from seeing GIFs, I didn't really ship them. Like, honestly, I love them as like bros. And I don't know. What are what are you guys uh, OTPs of The Witcher? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I I don't know that I ship them. I honestly like I guess my my. Not even OTP because I don't necessarily ship them, but like fucking when Geralt and Novellin are chilling in his like Beauty and the Beast house, I was like, I would yeah. read a hundred books of this. Like, yes, yes, this yes. Just I'm very into this. You know, I didn't necessarily want anybody to kiss anybody else. I just thought that I find Geralt's hu- sense of humor is very charming to me. And the the sense of like the the tone of the books was very so I was just like yeah like I read I read about this I don't need to and no one really needs to kiss yeah I actually found the Jennifer part the part that lost me I don't ship anyone I don't even ship Yaskier and Geralt um, I just like seeing the funny singing man he's fun he is fun I really like Jennifer in this book. I thought she was cool and hot, both. No, I I liked her. I just didn't, you know, the romance part lost me. Like, let her be cool and hot and, you know, by herself. That would be fine with me, too. Yeah. Oh, I should say, if you've watched the show, in the second episode, they do introduce Yennefer, and she is like... Uh, this I feel like I had seen a little bit people being like this is problematic because she is like the actress who plays her is able-bodied but the character starts off as physically disabled and disfigured through prosthetics in a way that is a bit problematic and I was like I do not love watching this and that's she's not that way in the book although there is a moment where this is one of the wilder parts like Garrett looks at her and in a moment of clarity like through her beauty understands that she once had been a hunchback and then they don't say anything else about that and I was like I don't what you just like x-ray visioned her spine through her eyes is that what happened yeah because he they talk earlier about how like there's like women who are sorceresses and then there's women who are some other kind of magic and it might be witches I don't know but like beautiful girls are the second kind but like usually like girls who are deformed are sorceresses because after much like a witcher after you go through your like various like whatever 
to become a sorceress, you get to a point where you can like physically change yourself to look like whatever you want, which seemed like a weird, Oh, it just seemed that that seemed just seemed like a weird bit of world building to be like, ah, yes, like usually ugly people become this kind of witch because then they can make themselves unugly. Yeah, it's so this, by the way, was written in Polish in 1993. So I do feel like maybe there's been some shifts. You know, I feel like maybe that was meant to be progressive. Yeah. In 1993. I don't know. I know that like I so I was talking to uh, my coworker Rhett the other yes yesterday I don't know whatever day it was that we were driving around and I was telling them like oh like I I'm reading The Witcher and actually it slaps and they were like oh yeah like have you watched the show and they were telling me they haven't seen the second season yet but they watched the first season and really enjoyed it and they were talking to our other coworker about it. And he was like, he doesn't like it because he finds all of the infertility talk to be really demeaning and like misogynistic because one of the plots that kind of goes through, I Mm. guess, the whole series is that in order to become a sorceress, Yennefer has to give up her fertility and the same thing for Geralt to become a witcher and like so they can't have a baby together and Yennefer in particular is really determined to to reclaim her fertility and is doing all of these various things in order to try and make her body able to have children again and there's only a little bit of it that in this book and I'm again like knowing like oh this was written in 1993 I'm just kind of like whatever you know, it's fine. I don't I don't think it's necessarily I don't love it when a woman's main purpose in life is to have babies and they become obsessed with their fertility. And I think that it's not necessarily always handled handled in a way that's sensitive to people who struggle with fertility in real life. But it's such a little part of this book that I don't give a shit. But yeah, like apparently that is very off putting to a lot of people in the current 2022 time period but it didn't bother me but if it if it is we won't really talk about it that much because it doesn't really come up a ton but like warning i guess if listening to us talk about how this book slaps makes you want to go and read these books or watch the show that's a big deal let's move in quickly let's quickly drop this bomb on the audience that you dropped on us at the beginning of this uh before (laughs) we started recording kate so the character of Yaskir has a different name in the books. And in the English translation of the books, it is Dandelion as written. But Kate listened to the audiobook and she casually said, oh, no, actually, it is pronounced Dandelion. <laughs> and she said that and I almost like hung up the call. I was just like, I can't. Like. <laughs> I can't. I like there's no maps in this. That's fine. But Dandelion, you want me to see her and talk about Dandelion? <laughs> Which like I I kind of so at the beginning because all like in my I was explaining this to Rhett when we were driving around that like the most off putting part of the books to me is that all like the nonsense fantasy talk when I'm listening to an audiobook that has a lot of nonsense fantasy talk, I tend to hear things like place names and people names. It's just kind of like so it's like you know ah, and he got to the temple of and the priestess came out 
Yeah, just like Charlie Brown teacher energy. Exactly. And so I, like, it didn't even click in my brain that Dandelion was supposed to be Dandelion until, like, looking at the Wikipedia page. And I was like, oh, like, I maybe this is just a way that you pronounce like because the, the um, audiobook is done by a British dude and I was like maybe it has something to do with that and then Ariel googled it and apparently like uh, there was a typo in the original English translation that the audiobook was from and it was spelled differently but then like later versions spelled it dandelion and then they they revert it all the older ones to dandelion when they reprinted them and it makes sense that it's dandelion because Yaskier in Polish means buttercup. So it, it being a flower name makes sense. Yeah. Except for how having to say dandelion out loud makes no sense. And I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, it makes sense that it should be dandelion. I just like, listening to this audiobook like and hearing it as dandelion it didn't even occur to me that it was supposed to be dandelion i just assumed it was a nonsense fantasy name yeah anyway so this is a book about also so just having i read about Geralt and yaskier a lot on tumblr but i never heard them read aloud until i watched the show and so in my head i thought it was like gerald and and Jaskier. I was like, yeah, it's a show about Gerald and his friend Jaskier. And so I'm just like learning too much, <laughs> too fast. I'm getting a nosebleed from all the fantasy input. That's why you have to, your brain defaults to Charlie Brown teacher voice. Yeah, in order it's to protective. protect you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. But so this book, it, it has a frame narrative that I found confusing to follow because... In retrospect, when I went back a second time to make my notes, I was like, this isn't actually that confusing. <laughs> I was just, like, ready to be confused, I think. But also, it what confused me is it'll be like chapter one, and then every chapter once, every chapter starts with a section called The Voice of Reason, and at first I thought the chapter was called The Voice of Reason, but it's like the chapter subhead is called The Voice of Reason, and then sometimes the voice of reason has like two mini chapters and then it becomes another chapter within the chapter. And I didn't, anyway, the voice of reason parts are like the, it's, it's always following the same, the same Gerald, Gerald, God damn it. Now it's in my head. Now I'm reading it. I'm trying to read it out of my notes. This man, the, the titular witcher is uh, recovering in a temple and he's been injured in a fight and we're just sort of like checking in on his recovery. And then he's like having little flashbacks to other Witcher adventures, which are the other half of the chapters. Yes. So it starts the very first little bit is one of these voice of reason interludes. But then after that first small interlude in which Yola, a mute servant at this temple, uh, that he is recovering at comes into his bedchamber, wakes him up, then has sex with him. And then <laughs> afterwards they fall asleep. And that's that first voice of reason section. And then we we go to a story called The Witcher, during which uh, we get the flashback of how Geralt got wounded in the first place. Uh, he had come to this 
fantasy town. The first thing he does is go into the seediest tavern in town and then kill like three people. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he's like oh yo i'm a witcher so yeah take me to the cops because i'm here to talk to them about something else and they're all like oh okay i guess because you're a witcher we'll overlook the fact that you murdered three people <laughs> kate those guys started it they did start it this is the thing that got me about the book everyone is always picking fights with this guy don't pick fights with the the brooding stranger whose job it is, as everyone knows, is to kill monsters. Yeah, this, like, giant man who comes with two swords strapped to him. Yeah. Just let that guy alone. They're all bullying him every time he steps into a tavern. Like, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, yeah, especially once he tells people, like, in in other stories where it'll be like, oh, yeah, like, I'm a witcher. And then they keep bullying him. And it's like, okay, well, once he says he's a witcher, you know that he is a superhuman mutant who was raised to murder things. Like, why are you still? And very rarely is is he doing something worth bullying. Like, usually he's, like, asking an innocent question and they're, like, fucking dragging him. And it's like, okay, this man, like, can murder you with his pinky. Why do you feel the need to harass him? Well, but Kate, I think we've talked in the podcast before about how whenever you and I hear the word mutant, our first thought is X-Men because of how we were raised with our traditional Marvel values. And and I I feel like it's a similar thing where like people pick shit with start shit with mutants all the time because they're like a second class citizen, even though they can like you know, cause it to rain on you or uh, shoot you with their eye lasers that aren't actually lasers. And don't at me about that. Um, <laughs> I, I was about to say something about percussive force beams from your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because of our traditional values, <laughs> we know that about Scott Summers, but I was just trying, <laughs> Have you seen Scott recently? (laughs) Who? Who? What are we talking about? What are we talking about? Both literally and in the... (laughs) Okay. Literally. So, so yes, he walks into the seediest bar in town. Uh, Some guys try to pick a fight with him. He murders them. The cops come. Yes. Oh, wait. But I want to get back to this, actually. Sorry. Like, that's that's why I brought up x-men mutants because i feel like it's kind of the same where it's like yes they know he's a powerful mutant but he's like sort of a second class citizen which is why i kind of wanted to be like what what is he so i guess like the x-men he's like a human but also a mutant but unlike the x-men mutants it does seem like witchers generally have some sort of like like the mayor is usually on the witcher side because the witcher has some kind of like um scroll thing <laughs> some kind of <laughs> like an old-timey um what's like a charter he's got Dipl- like a charter diplomatic immunity <laughs> yes yeah. he's got that but these fools don't know it so they're all getting stabbed yes so the they take him to 
like one of the the people in charge of the town. They take him to the fantasy mayor's house. Yes, the fantasy mayor's house. And the fantasy mayor tells him about, he's like, I'm here because of the Striga. And the fantasy mayor's like, well, what do you know? And he's like, I don't know. What do you know? You're the one who wants the Striga dealt with. And so the fantasy mayor tells him that the king had an affair with his sister who... And that that affair produced a child. And the the rumor is that because it was an incestuous affair, the daughter turned into a Striga who now like terrorizes the town and murders people. And the king, Foltest, wants his daughter to be the curse to be broken on his daughter and for her to be returned unharmed and will give the whoever does this 3,000 fantasy dollars fantasy dollars yes uh which by the way at this point like ariel texted me and i was like hey wait did you only ask me to do this because of incest because like i did the vc andrews and i was like no i didn't know i had incest in it actually (laughs) but surprise of course it does yes and the fantasy mayor is like but if you do happen to have to kill her me and some of the other guys in town have scraped together 1500 fantasy dollars and so if you have to kill her like we'll still pay you and he's like okay great i want to see the king now and he sees the king and by the way i sorry to interject again reading this i I was like i gotta double check like the book really came before the video game because all of this seemed like perfectly intended to be a video game of like i could just see like you load your quest and you're like okay well you get a higher reward if you break the curse but it's easier to just kill her and get the smaller amount of points and then like things where like in combat he's always like and then he did the sign uh the sign of like fantasy goddess whatever or the sign of whatever and i was just like oh my god is this i can imagine this perfectly as a video game where you like press button b to do this sign and press button b to do the other sign or like whatever obviously i haven't played this game but it just felt more like a video game to me than like we have read other books based on video games and this felt more like a video game to me than those but i didn't mind it yeah you know yeah it was i i enjoyed it and you know some of the battles went on longer than held my attention but you know generally i did find it like not hard to follow i just didn't care but the king the king meets with Geralt uh first in public and then in secret um and basically says like look like I really want my daughter to be okay. Like, if you have to kill her, if there's no other choice, like, so be it. I won't murder you. But, like, please try to lift the curse. And he's like, yeah, like, I'm going to try to lift the curse. And if I can't, like, I'll protect myself. But, like, I I don't want to, you know, murder her unless I have to. So he goes out to the palace where the Striga is. And one of the, like, local fancy men from town one of the ones who uh had helped put together the fifteen hundred dollars that they were gonna pay him if he killed her instead of trying to turn her shows up and he's like listen like why don't you just get out of town i'll give you the money like we'll just say that like it was too hard for you and you had to leave and actually i am the one who put the curse on her it wasn't like an incestuous curse it was a curse that i put on her because i was in love with the sister and now I want, like, his rule to be overturned. And 
like everybody being afraid of a striga all the time really like impacts how trusting they are of the king uh so i would like that to continue and Geralt is like fuck you dude and knocks him out and then like essentially feeds him to the striga yeah which by the way i guess the striga is like a polish um creature like he this guy didn't invent striga it's like from polish folklore or whatever and it's kind of like a werewolf vampire thingy creature that with a transformation element yeah, and it's in, like, I recognize it from, like, other fantasy-y things. I think, I don't know if there's, it's an officially a D&D monster, but I think I fought one in D&D before. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so he does, he does manage to to break the curse. She's, like, super strong, so it's harder than he expected, but he forces her out of her crypt for the whole night, which is how you break the curse, and it does break, but before she fully transforms back to the little girl, she attacks him and, like, claws his neck, and he, like, starts to bleed out, and that's how he ends up in this temple where he's healing. And the, But the little girl survives. And in the midst of everything, he notes that she is not, in fact, pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this book was pretty horny, but in a way that I didn't mind. Like, it was constantly on the verge of being, like, gross, but then it would just sort of, like, pull back and be a little bit funny instead in a way that I just never minded. Yeah, same. Um, So that's the first story. And I don't know that we need to go through every story in detail because we've already, we spent such a long time trying to figure out, like, what is a witcher. And by trying to figure out, I mean you two trying to explain it to me, Okay, I guess. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, it's just this frame back and forth of, like, him regaining his health. And then the stories, a lot of them are sort of, like, retellings of of fairy tales in some way, like, I do um, really love... Let's talk about the Beauty and the Beast yes. one, but I don't like, think I just don't think we have to do every one. Yes, I do really love this one, um, which is called A Grain of Truth, which is, it's Geralt's... Geralt is, is traveling through the forest, and he finds some corpses, and he's like, hmm, that's not good. And then he follows the path that the corpses seem to have come through, and finds a like beautiful but deserted mansion with like a rose bush with like supernaturally colorful roses. Yeah, they're blue. Yes. And as he enters the house, like this like giant beast creature, Novellan comes out and like tries to scare him away. He's like, oh, I'm a terrible monster. And Geralt is like, I'm a witcher, so I don't give a shit. Also, mm-hmm. I'm really thirsty. Can I have a glass of water? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he's like, fine. Like, if you're not scared, like, come in my cool, spooky house. And then he's like, hey, house, like, give us some wine. And the house just, like, magically makes some. Yeah. And they, like, it's 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 cool. It is. And they, like, just, like, sit down and shoot the shit. And Valen's like, all right, I'll tell you how I became a beast. Um, My dad was, like, super bad guy and he was killed so then i had to become the head of the bad guy band and i was only like a teenager and we went to a temple and we like burnt everything down and then they were like uh like sexually assault this this priestess and he was like okay and she cursed him to become a beast 
and he told her the priestess told him how he could lift the curse but he forgot like exactly what it was just that it had something to do with like love from a woman so like he went back to his giant mansion and a dad from the village came by and started clipping a couple of his roses and he was gonna just like he came out of the house to yell at the dad basically to be like hey you get off my lawn and the dad was so freaked out by his bestial form he was like i'll give you anything like i'll do anything just don't kill me i have daughters like huh like i'll i'll give you literally anything and he's like okay like give me your daughter then like whatever and the guy was like oh i don't want to but okay mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he so she he um like brought his daughter to stay for a year and like eventually she warmed up to Novellan and they fucked and he was like oh i fucked a woman maybe this means the curse is broken but it wasn't but he like liked the woman and she was like nice and funny and smart so he gave her a whole bunch of treasure from his mansion and sent her on her way and a rumor started that like if you send your daughter to live with the monster for a year he'll give you a lot of gold (laughs) and Mm -hmm. he was like okay sure let's go with that yeah and he's like at first i thought women would be horrified for me but they're actually like really horny and they really like fucking me as a beast and they'd be like bite me and i'd be like grr and it's just like <laughs> it's really funny <laughs> and then he's like hesitant to break the curse uh like girl's like i could help you and he's like eh, women really like it yeah and he yeah he has like a current girlfriend who Verena, who he's like, oh, I think also that maybe she's actually a monster and that if I'm just like a regular dude, she won't like me anymore. And also like I might not be hot because I wasn't that hot as a teenager. Uh, and Geralt is like, okay, then I won't. That's fine. Hey, like I'll catch up with you later. Like you seem cool. And leaves. And then, like, as he's walking home with his horse, he's like, ah, shit. I just, like... No, actually, I, I wanted to, I want to say exactly why he realizes it. Okay. Because when when Novellin is, like, telling his story, he's like, at first, when I became a beast, it was, like, very tragic. And my cat, Glutton, which is a good name for a cat, his cat <laughs> Glutton was afraid of him, and Glutton ran away, and he was just like you know like full lonely sad beast but then like you know he got his girlfriend and glutton came back and he's like yeah he says you know animals like me and then Geralt's horse roach who's also in the show and i've also seen a lot of gifs of this horse roach is scared and Geralt's like wait animals like novellans like like what's roach scared of oh it's the girlfriend ah yes and it turns out the girlfriend is like basically a vampire and has been like attacking people who come to the mansion looking for Novellan and like has attacked him. Maybe I was unclear about that part, but she like starts to fight Geralt and then Novellan is like, ah shit. Like my girlfriend's a vampire and she's been killing people. So he helps. And then as, he like starts to like stake her through the heart and as she's dying she confesses her love to him 
uh, which breaks his curse and he's like a normal dude again. Yeah, un- sadly. Sadly for all the horny girls. Yes. But yeah, because Geralt's like, oh, true love had to break your curse because the vampire did love him. She just also needed to eat people. Yeah. And it like just the whole tone of this story is basically just like two dudes like drinking in a magical house, like talking about their lot. I found the whole story so charming. (laughs) Yes. This was the point where I realized that, like, hey, I kind of like this vibe. But it took me so long to realize it was Beauty and the Beast. It took me an embarrassingly long time. And the moment I realized it, I was like, oh, man, I should have realized this way sooner. Um, I think it was at the point where the daughter started coming to the mansion, (laughs) which was way way late in the story all the hints were there you can get one past me (laughs) well i mean look there's a lot of fantasy names you had to unpack first before you could even like get there yes i don't know i was also kind of imagining him as the lion from the wizard of oz oh yeah that kind of threw me off yeah yeah. As a kid, I was always like hung up on like the beast and being the, in the beast. Like, what animal is that? <laughs> it's like I, I always like wanted it to be. I think maybe I think maybe we had a book where he was more like a lion or something like an animal where you could look at it and be like, yes, yeah, so that's an animal. But Disney being in the beast, like, what is that? It's a beast. Yeah. No, anyway, undeterminate. Anyway, the next one is like a Snow White. Yeah, it's uh, Geralt goes into a town and it turns out that he knows the wizard there, Stregobor, who he talks about how he's hiding because a young woman is going to try and kill him and he wants Geralt to protect him. And Geralt is like, "Mm, no, thank you. And basically, like, he tells this story about how he there was a an eclipse that happened and there were a whole bunch of young women who were prophesized who were born at like the moment of the eclipse and who are mutants and he, at first and this is another like funny fairy tale thing that i was like ah because like it, it turns into snow white but also it starts where it's like yeah like so we are trying to like protect the world from these mutant ladies and first we just imprison them all in towers <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> but they like convinced princes to come by and th- there's like some comment about like their hair that's in there that is just made me laugh and this particular young woman her mother her stepmother was like really concerned that she was born under those circumstances and like basically like describes like the homicidal triad <laughs> for this young woman and so like she was trying to get rid of her but then she got rescued what by- sorry what's What's the homicidal triad? Oh, um, hurting animals, like starting sign- fires, and wetting the bed. Bed wetting. What? It's yeah. It's a it's a murder. It's thing. called the McDonald triad. It's it's the three signs that indicate that this person might be like a serial killer. What does bedwetting have to do with that? It's a murder thing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know we're not a true crime podcast. It it's more it's more correlational than causational. I mean, you're valid if you wet the bed. You're not valid if you hurt animals or set fire to things. But um, it it just so happens that a lot of serial killers exhibited these traits at a young age. 
it's just it's a murder thing that you okay. don't want to know anything more about i promise <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, look, I like, I knew, I had heard for sure that, like, you know, if you hurt animal, and also, like, obviously, if you hurt animals when you're a kid, like, what the fuck? And, like, the other two make sense to me. Bad wedding seems, like, out of left field. Anyway. So. That's, so yeah. back to Snow White. Yes. Um. So the, and so the stepmother was like, ah, oh, like, we gotta kill this girl, but, like, it didn't, she didn't get killed, and she went to live with seven dwarves, and they became well, gnomes. Gnomes. Of seven gnomes. They're gnomes, but we know it's dwarves because yes. we know fairy tales. <laughs> and like they became bandits, and like all of this stuff happened, and now this woman Renfrey is there to kill what's his name, Stregobor, and yeah. she also meets with Geralt and is like, "Hey, will you kill him for me?" And Geralt is like, "I don't want to kill anyone. <laughs> I'm a witcher. I'm not a murderer for hire." Like. I just came here to try and make some money. Leave me alone. But then he has sex with her anyway. Mm-hmm. And in the morning, he realizes that, like, she lied because she had said, like, fine, then I'll just leave. And he realizes she lied and she hasn't left. And she and her gang of thugs are going to kill everyone in town until they can get to Stregobor. So he kills all of them. But then the town people didn't realize that they were like a band of murderers. So they're just like, this guy just came to our town and killed a whole bunch of random guys. What an asshole. And they run him out of town. Yeah. He's misunderstood. (laughs) It was a good book. Yeah. It's enjoyable. Okay. The next one, I'm not really sure if it maps as neatly into a fairy tale. I don't really it's fine. The main thing about the next one is that it introduces to us the the law of surprise, which is bananas. And it's like, if you if someone owes you a favor, you can just ask for like the thing that they see that they're surprised to see when they get home, which is why would you even ask that? I don't. Anyway, so um, apparently a lot of people end up with like firstborn children, but sometimes maybe it's like your dog or like whatever. I, but also like wouldn't everyone get like the front door of your house but you're not Whatever. surprised to see the front door of your house unless someone paints That's it a gr- new color and then you're like ah oh, my door's red now and then suddenly you have a red door yeah that's true yeah i forgot yeah anyway that it introduces that and Geralt is like oh i know all about the law of surprise because that's how witchers are given so people must do this a lot which is wild yeah. i would never want that like, if, if someone's like, hey, do me a solid, like, can I pay you back? I'd be like, oh, yeah, give me the first thing you see in your fridge. I I'll do, take a snack. Like, what are you talking like about? We should bring this back. <laughs> I do think that that's, like, as a person who whenever I do a favor for someone, they're like, oh, my God, like, let me give you some money or, like, let me do this for you. I'm always like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I don't worry about it. Like, I do kind of want to bring back, I'm like, all right, like, go home and, like, the fifth piece of mail you touch. <laughs> no. <laughs> bring it to me the next it's not even that late and i feel like drunk so (laughs) this is fine look it's been a long time yes it's been a long day it's been a long week been a long year yes a long pandemic 
Um, so, so in this one, Geralt is invited to this castle to see the betrothal. Of- okay, I'm just gonna say it's been almost an hour, and I was trying to keep this short for I your know. sake. So, like, I feel like we don't even need to say what happens in the story, other than the last surprise. Like, unless you really want to. So much. Okay, I'll just go for it. I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna. I'll summarize this one really quick. He's at this betrothal celebration. The queen who invited him is like, "Hey." Uh, something's gonna happen and I need you to do a murder for me. And he's like, I don't do murders for people. And then the person right before midnight, this knight shows up and he's got his face covered and he's like, hey, I'm here to marry the princess because before she di- before he died, her father, the king, I saved his life and we did a lot of surprise and she was the person who he was surprised to see because he can't count to nine. Uh, and didn't realize that the the queen would be in labor when he got back. Um, and he also is a furry pig monster. And the princess is like, hell yeah, like, I do actually want to marry him. Because part of the law of surprise is the surprisee needs to accept the arrangement in order for They it. have to consent to it yes. because because of destiny. Like, if you, if the law of surprise applies to you correctly, then, like, your destiny becomes interwoven with the other person's, and so it, yeah. it's, like, a whole thing. But so she accepts it, and the mom is real pissed and tries to get the guards to kill this guy, Dunny, who is trying, the pig man who's trying to marry her. Uh, and then the daughter, it turns out they've secretly been meeting each other for the past year and they've fallen in love and had a lot of sex. So the daughter now has come into her magical powers that you get in her bloodline once you've had sex and almost destroys the whole castle until um, Geralt and the like magician who's traveling with one of the dudes who's at the betrothal dinner who's like bffs with well i guess bff would be jaskier or dandelion or dandelion (laughs) but he's friends with Geralt, so the two of them like stop her from destroying the castle and the queen is like fucking whatever okay yeah you can marry him and dooney the pig guy who turns into a normal human because his curse is broken tells Geralt like ah you can have whatever I want and Geralt is kind of jokingly like well then I am also invoking the law of surprise and then it turns out that the princess is pregnant (laughs) so Mm -hmm. Geralt also is has a kid coming to him eventually yeah which he explains is like because it will only work if it's destiny blah 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 but like this is where witchers come from is witchers love surprising other people's babies this is a bad system <laughs> i think because <laughs> they have this whole thing about like oh there just aren't as many witchers as there used to be like blah 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 so i need your baby like could you not just like put up an ad <laughs> no yeah you can't <laughs> the next story is called the edge of the world this one i thought was not as engaging as the other ones but this one by the way is almost like beat for beat the second episode of the show interesting except this again except it has yennefer stuff woven in between it but like the Geralt's plot is basically this one yeah so yeah a bunch of stuff happens with a devil yeah see this is so boring just watch the show yeah they kind of befriend by the end of it but whatever they survive it's fine 
the main thing about it is that this is the first real big dose we've gotten of like a Dandelion. Yes. And and I like him. He's a fun boy. Yes. To have around. That was really the best part of it. And then the last one is what the Neneke, who is the priestess of the temple in the, the frame story, is talking to Geralt about Yennefer. And like it is just that made me laugh so much too, because basically he's like, Hey, how's Yennefer? Not that I care or asked. And she's like, oh my god, like, fuck you and fuck her and you're fucking whatever between the two of you. Like, I'm not getting in the middle of your bullshit. And he's like, I don't, I'm, we don't have bullshit. It's fine. I'm gonna leave her a lot of money, but it didn't come from me, okay? But it's for her, but it didn't come from me. And she's like, fuck off. Like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with both of you? I hate you both. Get out of my face. But then also asks him how he first met Yennefer. And this is the story of how that happened. And it's fun. This one is fun. It is fun. He and Andillion are fishing for breakfast. And instead of fish, they pull up a, essentially a genie bottle. And Dandelion's like, yes, I'm going to get the wishes. And Geralt's like, this is a stupid idea. Don't just open a magical bottle. But he does. And the genie attacks him. He he opens it and he immediately is like, first things first, I want you to kill my enemy Valda Marx (laughs) and I want you to make this woman Virginia horny for me. And and then the genie is like, rah! (laughs) (laughs) And the, the genie attacks him and... Geralt tries to use an exorcism spell he learned to get rid of it, and it goes away. So he rushes Dandelion to the next closest city. Yeah, because when the because when the genie attacked him, it did like magic on his throat, especially, and it's like, oh no, he's a bard. He has to be able to sing his his toss a coin to your witcher song. <laughs> he needs help immediately. <laughs> And all I could think of was the boy's a visual artist. You can't cut off his little fingies. <laughs> um, but they in the, the city, they're like, oh, sorry, we don't let people in the city after dark. And also because we charge people so much money to do magic. <laughs> we don't really have uh, actual sorcerers. And there's like one lady who lives here who does magic. And you'll have to go for her, but, like, she's kind of a bitch. And he's like, I don't fucking care. I just need someone to fix my tiny bard. So he goes and finds Yennefer, who is this sorceress, and tells her the story. And, like, he starts telling her the story, and she's super hungover. And she's like, actually, this is, I was going to send you away, but you brought me some juice because I was thirsty. And also, this does sound kind of super interesting. (laughs) So... Mm -hmm. I will maybe actually help you after all. Yeah, but first let's have a horny bath. Yes. And and I and I have seen gifs of this bath. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, okay. Like after their horny bath, she's like, okay, I'll I'll go with you. And like she fixes Dandelion and demands that he pay her, but then like casts a spell on him. And then he wakes up in a dungeon later and it turns out that she cast a spell on him. So he basically like went through town beating the shit out of anyone who was ever mean to her. (laughs) Yeah. And then we find out that she wants to steal the genie because she wants to capture it and 
get control of its powers and take its like wishes for her own. Well, but yeah, like she wants to she wants to know when the third wish has been made because then the genie will be at its weakest and she can get it for her dark magics. Yes. Except that it turns out that Dandelion is not the person who was casting the wishes. It was Geralt who had the bottle in his hand when the genie escaped or the seal of the bottle. And so the exorcism that he performed, quote unquote exorcism, was actually him basically saying, like, go fuck yourself in an ancient language. Yes, because he tells a priest later and the priest is like really embarrassed about it. And then he's like, fine, I'll tell you what it means, because it's your last wish because Geralt's about to be sentenced to death for the crime, the mind crimes that Yennefer made him do. Yes. But then Geralt is like, uh, I wish this guard would burst. And then the guard explodes. Yes. Um, so there's like one more wish left. And he like, and the, the genie is like destroying the town. And like Yennefer is going to die. Cause she's like right at ground zero. And he like rushes in to help yeah. her. Cause like, cause all her like magic calculations depended on the, the genie being out of wishes, but actually he wasn't yet. Yes. Cause. Because it wasn't Dandelion. It was Geralt who had the Geralt. wishes. Who who had only made two wishes. One for the genie to go fuck himself <laughs> and one for the guard to explode. <laughs> So there's one left. Yeah. Um, and so he makes the wish and it the genie like disappears and everything around them gets destroyed, he and Yennefer, except there is like a big empty clear of rubble space in the midst of all of this destruction. And of course they use it to fuck. Yeah, baby. And okay, this is where I was like, I went back and reread and then I ended up on the fan wikis as I so often do because I was like Oh, did my eyes just, like, glaze over? Did I miss it? Because it's, like, Geralt made his last wish. And Yen was, like, gasp. Is that really the wish you want to make? And Geralt's, like, yeah, it's the wish I want to make. And I'm, like, but what was the wish? And she's, like, that wish will, like, bind us together forever. And he's, like, I know, but that's my wish. And they have this, like, long convo about the wish, but they never say what the wish was. And uh, nobody is the wish has not been revealed. There's, like, infinity of these books. And he's never, like said what the wish was and according to the various fan sites i was on the two main theories about what the last wish were were number one i'm just reading this quote this verbatim because whatever Geralt wished to have a child with yennefer since that would prevent the djinn from killing her in that moment and would bind their lives together through this fate and their future child or Geralt wished to die alongside Yennefer. Since a djinn can't kill its own master, this wish would provide a nice loophole that would save Yennefer's life and also ensure that Geralt and Yennefer's lives are bound together until their very ends. So that both of those seem to make sense. Uh, I kind of get having that as a cliffhanger, but I'm annoyed that it's been since 1993 and this uh, Andrei Sapovsky is like, I'm not telling you fucks with the wishes. Also, the series is over, isn't it? I don't know. I don't read that many wiki tabs. I only <laughs> read enough. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those two. Makes sense. But I want to know which one. I want a definitive answer, please. That is my wish. <sighs> I, I did I did come across a spoiler in my travels. Um, so I, I have a personal theory which one it is, but... I'm not going to share it because I know it pisses you off. I'll get on some more wikis. 
Or read the books. No. <laughs> no, I enjoyed this, but not enough to read so many more of them. Yeah, I might read the other one of short stories. I don't know that I want to read a whole novel with only one plot. Yeah, yeah, the stories really helped with the pacing. I was like, thank God I don't have to follow, like, one tedious journey for the entire story, because I would not have been able to handle that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's the last story. It comes back to the frame story where, like, Geralt uses, like, smarts and sarcasm to beat this knight that, like, challenged him to a battle in a, a really embarrassing way. And then he has a, he goes into a trance and finds out about his future. And everyone's like, that seems bad. And he's like, I don't know, fuck it. And that's how the book ends. But yeah, I, I, as I think became very clear, like, I fucking loved this. I really enjoyed listening to it. I thought that it was a lot of fun. I might try watching a couple episodes of the show. Maybe not. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll just watch some more murders. Yeah, I think this is another book that probably did benefit from me having really low expectations of it. Like, I really was dreading reading this. And I was like, oh, this is fun. He's a funny witcher. But I, I do think objectively it's good. And I think, especially for me, like, I really enjoy this character. Like... We'll get into it later, but but Geralt is basically like a fantasy Wolverine, and I really like that character type of just sort of like a gruff, strong man who like is good at a fight but doesn't really like want to do the fight. It's a it's a Mike Airman Trout from Breaking Bad. Like I love a I love a grumpy old man in fiction. Yes. Um. All right. We want to move on to dramatic readings. Let's. Okay, so the first dramatic reading is from our favorite Beauty and the Beast story, and um, I'll read for Novellen, the aka the Beast, and Kate will be Geralt. First of all, he's describing his first girlfriend uh, to Geralt, her name is Primula, I guess. Primula, I'd wager my right hand, was conceived while he was at war, as she was quite pretty. I didn't frighten her either, which isn't surprising, really, as compared to her parent, I might have appeared quite comely. She had, as it turned out, quite a temperament, and I, having gained some self-confidence, seized the moment by the horns. After two weeks, Primula and I already had a very close relationship. She liked to pull me by the ears and shout, Bite me to death, you animal, and tear me apart, you beast, and other equally idiotic things. I ran to the mirror in the breaks, but just imagine, Geralt, I looked at myself with growing anxiety. Less and less did I long to return to my former shape. You see, Geralt, I used to be a weakling, and now I'd become a strapping fellow. I'd keep getting ill, I'd cough, my nose would run, but now I don't catch anything. And my teeth? You wouldn't believe how rotten my teeth had been. And now? I can bite through the leg of a chair. Do you want me to bite a chair leg? No, I don't. Maybe that's good. My showing off used to amuse the girls, and there aren't many whole ch whole chairs left in the house. This talking has made me tired, Geralt. Briefly, there were two after Primula, Ilka and Venemira. Everything happened in the same way, to the point of boredom. First, a mixture of fear and reserve, then a thread of sympathy they reinforced by small but precious gifts, then bite me, eat me up, daddy's return, a tender farewell, and an increasingly discernible depletion of the treasury. 
and I decided to take longer breaks to be alone. Of course, I'd long ago stopped believing that a virgin's kiss would transform the way I looked, and I'd come to terms with it. And what's more, I'd come to the conclusion that things were fine as they were, and there wasn't any need for changes. Really? No changes, Novellan? It's true. I have a horse's health, which came with the way I look, for one. Secondly, my being different works on girls like an aphrodisiac. Don't laugh. I'm certain that as a human, I'd have to give a mighty good chase to get at a girl like, for example, Venemira, who was an extremely beautiful maid. I don't suppose she'd have glanced twice at the fellow in the portrait. And thirdly, safety. Yeah, it's it's funny. He's a funny beast. Yeah. All right. The next dramatic reading is just a little bit about uh, Stregobor. And I will be Geralt and Ariel will be Stregobor. At last, greetings, Witcher. Stregobor. Geralt was surprised. During his life, the Witcher had met thieves who looked like town counselors, counselors who looked like beggars, harlots who looked like princesses, princesses who looked like calving cows, and kings who looked like thieves. But Stregobor always looked as, according to every rule and notion, a wizard should look. He was tall, thin and stooping, with enormous bushy gray eyebrows and a long, crooked nose. To top it off, he wore a black trailing robe with improbably wide sleeves and wielded a long staff capped with a crystal knob. None of the wizards Geralt knew looked like Stregobor. Most surprising of all was that Stregobor was, indeed, a wizard. They sat in wicker chairs at a white marble-topped table on a porch surrounded by hollyhocks. The naked blonde with the apple basket approached, smiled, turned, and swaying her hips, returned to the orchard. Is that an illusion, too? asked Gerald, watching the sway. It is, like everything here, but it is, my friend, a first-class illusion. The flower smell, you can eat the apples, the bee can sting you, and she, the wizard indicated the blonde, you can. Maybe later. (laughs) All right, and then our last dramatic reading is what we've all been waiting for, (laughs) the arrival of... Dandelion <laughs> and uh, Ariel will be Neneke the um, priestess and Kate will be Geralt and I will be Dandelion Geralt hey are you there? He raised his head from the coarse yellowed pages of the history of the world by Roderick de Novembra an interesting if controversial work which he had been studying since the previous day yes I am what's happened Neneke? Do you need me? You've got a guest. Again? Who is it this time? Duke Hereward himself? No, it's Dandelion this time? Your fellow? That idler, parasite, and good-for-nothing, that priest of art, the bright shining star of the ballad and love poem. As usual, he's radiant with fame, puffed up like a pig's bladder, and stinking of beer. Do you want to see him? Of course. He's my friend, after all. I can't understand that friendship. He's your total opposite. Opposites attract. Obviously. There, he's coming. Your famous poet. He really is a famous poet, Neneke. Surely you're not going to claim you've never heard his ballads. I've heard them. 
Yes, indeed. Well, I don't know much about it, but maybe the ability to jump from touching lyricism to obscenity so easily is a talent. Never mind. Forgive me, but I won't keep you company. I'm not in the mood for either his poetry or his vulgar jokes. A peal of laughter and the strumming of a lute resounded in the corridor, and there, on the threshold of the library, stood Dandelion in a lilac jerkin with lace cuffs, his hat askew. The troubadour bowed exaggerately at the sight of Neneke, the heron feather pinned to his hat, sweeping the floor. My deepest respects, venerable mother, he whined stupidly. <laughs> Pray... Praise be the great Melitele and her priestesses, the springs of virtue and wisdom. Oh, stop talking bullshit. And don't call me mother. The very idea that you could be my son fills me with horror. She turned on her heel and left, her trailing robe rustling. Dandelion, aping her, sketched a parody bow. She hasn't changed a bit. She still can't take a joke. She's furious because I chatted a bit to the gatekeeper when I got here. A pretty blonde with long lashes and a virgin's plate reaching down to her cute little bottom, which it would be a sin not to pinch. So I did, and Neneke, who had just arrived... Ah, what the deuce. Greetings, Geralt. Greetings, Dandelion. How did you know I was here? Let's Well, we can end it there, because otherwise I would just keep reading Dandelion for like an hour. <laughs> I shouldn't find it cute that he pinched her butt, but I do find it cute. I uh, yeah, that's, that's I, between me and my god, I guess. Yeah, I I find him charming. I found all of them. I I enjoyed this. I know I said this like a hundred times, but I have. It's just a pleasant surprise. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to readers' advisory to suggest some stuff to read instead of or in addition to this. Like honestly, it. I, I don't know how the full books would hold up, but like, I think we've made it very clear, like, in addition to this, if you if this sounds like something you would enjoy, like, check out these short stories, at least. Yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I also I I felt there were parts of this parts of, of especially like, in the like, um, fairy tale pastiches and other things that felt like, very Pratchett to me. Um, so, you know, mm. if you've not checked out Terry Pratchett beforehand, like this is always, there's never a bad time to check out a Terry Pratchett book. So, you know, dive into Discworld. Yeah. And, and I think we've all made it clear that this is like outside of our normal genre for all of us. Like, I'm sure that there are other like more direct like books, but the other thing about like this kind of fantasy is I feel like the people who are really into it, like only read that and they already know what all the books are so you do it to me i was i I feel like you might someone who likes this might also enjoy the works of sarah j mass (laughs) which are also loosely fairy tale retellings and are also pretty horny and weird i will say i've said it before i'll say it again sarah j mass is not funny does not know how to do jokes so that is not in it but there is a you know if you made a venn diagram these would overlap somewhat yeah it was we were talking over breakfast about this last weekend and we were talking about how like we both found the horniness of this book to be inoffensive and 
you know, essentially that like Sarah J. Mass's books are horny, but Sarah J. Mass is possibly an alien who's just learning how things on Earth work for the first time. Um, so it's it's f- funny in a different way, whereas this is just like it feels as if the author just understands that like horniness is frequently inherently just funny. Yes. Also, by the way, these books are, this book is translated from Polish. And I mean, this is, you know, credit to the translator, but it felt more natural to me than Sarah J. Mess, which her primary, her like first language is English and she writes in English. So she doesn't, (laughs) (laughs) but I'm not sure. (laughs) I'm just not sure about her. I'm obsessed with her. What is her deal? I also recommend the Adventure Zone, the podcast, and the the Adventure Zone balance has been begun to turn into graphic novels illustrated by Carrie Peach, and I feel like that's a little bit the vibe. Also, yeah, I can feel that. I, like, I could see Geralt shopping at the fantasy Costco for sure. Absolutely. Uh, and then the other, like the mu- the more I would say, like the only like quote unquote mainstream type fantasy author that i read regularly is kelly barnhill and i have recommended many of her books on this podcast in the past ironhearted violet the is good i I, my brain has just blanked out on the names of all of her books a new one of hers just came out called when women are were dragons uh, which i haven't read yet because it literally came out like yesterday but yeah, like just anything by her. I've read everything except this new book that just came out. And <laughs> I love all of her books. Well, we'll have these up on our website, worstbestsellers.com. And and Ariel, I I know you have a recommendation that I'm really excited about too. Yeah, um, I'm not a sword and sorcery person. And I was at a loss for anything except for what I'm currently into right now, which is the musical Pippin, His Life and Times. Um, where there was sword and sorcery um, and magic to do. And, just, just for uh, you. <laughs> just for you. Do, 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 do. And that is literally the closest um, recommendation I could think of. I blinked. I was thinking like Outlander, which is all the same thing in my mind, because um, Tumblr likes it and uh, there's like like serious men i guess i've never seen it herbs a lot of herbs there were herbs in this book there were herbs in this book you know one thing i wanted to say i forgot to make note of this sorry i do want to get back to talking about pippin the show and the book of the witcher both like immediately address that like abortion happens magically and it's fine and cool and everyone's into abortion and i love that all abortions are magic yeah you could take uh, that out you could you could cut that no nope. well, keeping it keeping it okay. getting it tattooed oh. <laughs> putting it on t-shirts abortions are magic yeah now now is a good a time as any to say that mm-hmm. the best time perhaps yeah uh but yeah i was i was really excited that you put pippin in the notes because well kate got me into pippin yes. like so long ago kate and i went to see the broadway revival together seven years ago maybe it was i was and we both like i i think you i think kate like you had me watch the ben verizon version at your house like sounds like something i would do yes that does sound like something i would do (laughs) 
So no, and I loved it. Like like, VHS, yes. Yeah, but like Kate, um, Kate got me into Pippin, and then I I can't take full credit. I don't think for getting you into Pippin, Ariel, but I think I did um plant plant some seeds, some magical seeds for you. And yeah, Pippin. It's a fun. It's a fun and good musical about contemplating suicide. Yes, and Ben Vereen just shaking his hips in unreal, absolutely unreal ways. Yeah, and um, and swords are in it. <laughs> just yeah, turning it back to the Witcher. the Witcher. Yeah, it is the Witcher meets Succession. Well, that is how I recommend Pippin. That's so wild <laughs> uh it's a good musical though anyway we'll have all of these and some other stuff up at our website which is worstbestseller.com uh abortions are magical let's play the rock paper snicked right. which is of course the game where kate says who dwayne the rock johnson would be if you're in this book and i'll say who Wolverine would be if you're in this book and Ariel will choose which most enhances the book or she can choose paper, which is to leave it as is. Um, If The Rock was in this book, he would be one of the many, a sort of recurring stock character in these stories is a dude from the town who has some sort of political, like an alderman or a city council member or something uh, who knows Gar- fantasy mayor, fantasy mayor, who knows Geralt and like is like chill with him and like when he first shows up is kind of like ah oh. but then he's like oh no like it's you cool like come on in help us deal with this weird monster problem we're having have a drink let's like kick our feet up in my office and talk about the monster that's attacking our town um and he would just be one of those like you know he would be the fantasy mayor of a town and you know there's a werewolf and it's destroying things and he's like can you like take care of this werewolf for me also like taxes are crazy in this town right am i right that's Mm -hmm. what political people talk about and they just like tell jokes and be funny together and then Geralt would save them from a monster in the woods yeah if Wolverine were in this book, he basically already is in this book because Wolverine and Geralt are the exact same like archetype, basically, except Geralt has literal magical powers and Wolverine just has adamantium bones. And I'm... But they would be bros and they would just silently drink together in a bar for a while and then maybe occasionally they would meet up and exchange like just little pieces of advice of, for dealing with the teenage girls that they sort of inadvertently adopted. I would genuinely enjoy reading that fan fiction that I have just written. Legit. Uh, yeah, that, that's all. I I really like, I just sort of vibed with it. I, it's just vibes. It's not really a plot to my snicks. It's just vibes. So, um, Ariel, what's your verdict? Um, Both sound good. I think The Rock would make it into a Mike Schur show. Mm. Um, but I'm going to have to go with Wolverine. Um. Because it would be fun to see them fight like back to back together, even though I'm not into fight scenes. But also, I would like to see Yaskier get very jealous of Geralt's new friend. Ooh, yes. And like have that kind of him getting flustered and like, why are you hanging out with him? I'm cooler or whatever. Yes. And if it's uh if it's Hugh Jackman, then he can also like sing also and uh that and they could do a duet. <laughs> Oh yeah, they they when they have some drinks and then they all become friends. Um 
And then it becomes the Mike Schur show as well. And then also it becomes the greatest showman, I think. <laughs> and then I can't believe you would invoke my enemies on this show, Renata. <laughs> <laughs> um well let's move on. <laughs> In in my mind palace, I'm watching a certain movie right now. Um, <laughs> but in the podcast, what do we what do we think the moral of the story is? My moral of the story is don't judge a book by its likelihood to have a fantasy map inside the cover. So true. So important. Mine is is toss a coin to your Witcher slash also Witchers should unionize. <laughs> Mine is don't bully the killer mutant man when he walks into your tavern like just chill and ignore him yeah, and you won't get what's coming to you yeah that's valid that's so valid um all right well now it's of course time for duarte's corner where my cat duarte shares his opinions about the book You know, Duarte, this did have some pretty good cat content, I think, more than usual. I I know that we both think that Glut and the cat should have been in it way more, but we should be grateful he was there at all. Yeah, you know, I think that this book uh, respected cats in a way that some of these books sometimes don't. And, you know, uh, we'll have to see if that continues in further books. Yeah. Ariel, is are there more cats in the show, do you think? Um, I just remember the horse. Yeah, the horse is the horse is the main thing. All right. Well, George, thanks. Thanks as ever for sharing your wisdom with us. Do any humans have any closing thoughts? No, I mean, like I've said a hundred times at this point, like this book kind of slaps like this book almost made me want to play the video game. But I'm not I'm not because I bet it's hard. <laughs> Yeah, it seems like a real, like, gamer person game where you, like, argue about it on Reddit. And um, I I did want to get into the series. There was a moment where I was like, yeah, I'll read the next one. But by the end of the book, I was like, this was good enough. Always leave the audience wanting more. And then don't give it to them. Yeah. If you told me there was a book where he definitively said what the last wish was, then I would read that. But if he's not going to give me that, then fuck him. That was too mean. I didn't really mean that. I'm sorry, Andre. <laughs> Andre, you seem lovely. Thank you for your moderately horny book. Also, for like for like a a 1990s fantasy novel from Poland, it was also not as like cringy as I thought it would be. Oh yeah, it with certain things. One hundred percent. I was shocked when I saw it was 1993. Aged like a fine wine, yeah. baby. A fine wine magically generated my Novellan's house. And I mean, like, yes, all the characters were basically like presumed white and or like European looking, but like flip side, there wasn't really any like active racism. Yeah. Love that for us. Well, if you would like to come online and at us your theories about the Witcher, I might tolerate that. Uh, and you can do that at um on facebook and instagram at worst bestseller spelled normally and on twitter we're at worst bestseller with no s um because it was lost in the translation from polish somehow and in polish it's pronounced 
dandelion sellers. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Uh, we also have a we also have a Goodreads group that's best accessed by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on Goodreads. You can find us on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, Spotify, all of the places where you get podcasts. And if you do find us there, please uh, subscribe and rate and review. When you rate and review, it moves us up on the charts and makes it easier for people to find us. If you don't rate and review, then you owe us an act of surprise. So yeah, like (laughs) open your fridge and give us the first thing you see or give us a review, whichever one you want. Uh, We also have a Patreon available at patreon.com slash worstbestsellers. Patreon is a service where you pledge a small monthly recurring donation. Sorry, Patreon is a service where you can toss a coin to your podcaster. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Toss a a Bitcoin to your podcaster? Uh, No, uh, don't. I don't know what to do with that. No, don't. Yeah, we'll take your coins and we will use them to do things like uh, pay for our web hosting and uh, new equipment and stuff like that. Yeah, gonna get a gonna get a fine new loot. Yes, and in return, you get a newsletter and postcards in the mail and all sorts of other things. Uh, we also and you, can, you can get a discount on our merch, such as the new "Abortions Are Magic" shirt we're about to put up. <laughs> <laughs> you wear you wear the shirt that says abortions are magic and then you wear the shorts that say violence chunky on the butt and then and that is a sharp fit my friends <laughs> yeah you can, <laughs> you can access access our merch by going to worstbestsellers.com and clicking on our merch shop uh, and you can get all sorts of things from our podcast to wear on your body. Uh, and finally, we do have a Discord server where you can come and talk about all sorts of things podcast related and not podcast related. And that too is linked on our website, worstbestsellers.com. Um, if you want to come talk to me personally, I recommend more errand-based video games to me. I'm at Renata Snacks. And if you would like to talk to me personally, I am at 14 Across. And Aria, where where might we find you? Oh, sorry. If you want to talk to me about Pippin or other musicals, my Twitter is at Sondheimite. Sondheimite. Um, and I'm ADA42 in the Discord. Yeah. All right. Well, Ariel, thanks for joining us again and lending us your expertise on witchers and incest. And uh, in terms of the podcast, we'll be back in two weeks. And what's going to be in your feed is actually the audio of our live show that we did last month at our virtual live show from Porter Square Books. Um, We're just posting the audio of that, which is for Get Out of Your Own Way by Dave Hollis. And thanks to everyone who came out for that show. It was a lot of fun. We love seeing you all in the chat. But if you didn't come, now you can just hear it without having to perceive our faces. So enjoy that. Bye. Bye.